Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. So y'all know what me, uh, listen, regardless of your age, your weight, your flexibility, you get to be some gymnast. So we're going to flip over to the book of Jude, book Jude, chapter number one, and we're going to land a perfect 10 on verse number 24. Amen. If you can indulge me, but let's honor God. Let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. Amen. So Jude chapter one, we're going to start at verse number 24. And here begins the reading of God's word. It says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. You could be seated in the presence of our living God. Amen. And listen, this is actually the last installment as we've been pressing through with our current sermon series talking about encounter, you know, and this is the faces of praise. And so today's message is actually the last installment of the faces of praise. Amen. So let the church say amen. Let the church say amen in Jesus' wonderful name. And you ought to just go ahead and let God be praised. Amen. 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 So listen. As we're going to the book of Jude, right? The title that we're going to be working on today, it is indeed, let the church say amen. It's a declarative statement. The church has to declare, you know. And as the church, we're talking about it's the called out ones, the ecclesia, those of us who've been called out, those of us who have been chosen for a specific purpose in this earth realm. And that is to glorify God. That is to cause the kingdom of God to be advanced in this earth realm. Amen. So if you are part of the church, you ought to just let God's name be exalted and lifted up. Let God be praised, you know, from the fruit of your lips. You ought to give God glory and honor because you are representation of his bride in the earth realm as being the church. Amen. So let the church say amen. That is going to be amen itself as a declarative statement. And we'll give you a little bit more context about that. Right. And so we started out in Jude chapter number one, verse number 24 and 25. But for contextual purposes, just want to run up uh, to verse number one, right? And to just understand this, because when we talk about the book of Jude, when you know anything about Jude, Jude is, he's the brother, the half-brother of Jesus the Christ, right? And there was a point at his life, he didn't necessarily believe that his brother was the Messiah, right? But thanks be unto God, you know, he came, you know, he believed that his brother was indeed the Messiah and he became a prominent figure in the church. Amen. We have a, an epistle that he is actually writing. Right. And when we think about this, you know, what Jude, the purpose of why Jude is writing is he's writing to believers, those that are sanctified, that God said he would actually preserve. Right. They don't say that in the church no more. You know, you don't you don't hear them talking about the sanctified ones, those who have been clean, you know, got themselves cleaned up, allow God to actually clean them up and set them apart. Right. Uh, and I'm talking about sanctified in the sense that, listen, I don't hang with everybody. I, my conversation is not just an ordinary conversation. You got something that's happened down on the inside that my conversation has had to change. I, I don't frequent the same places that I used to. And see, I, I'm just a little bit old school, right? They tell me I just believe when you get saved, right, things that I used to do, I, I just don't do that anymore. Now, now I'm, I'm saying I, I still play basketball when I get an opportunity, but, but I'm talking about how I used to cuss, you know, use profanity and things like that, you know, and listen to secular music and things like that. I just don't do that anymore. Why? Because I've been sanctified. I have been clean and I have been set apart for a purpose. That is the purpose of God, that God be glorified and that God be magnified and that the kingdom of God be 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 go out and it fulfills what it's supposed to feel here in this earth. Room, right. We are a part of that. So I understand this. So this is what Jude, he's writing to these believers to let them know, listen, you've been sanctified and God himself is going to preserve you, right? He says in, in, in verse two, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence, he said, listen, I, 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 with diligence, I made haste to write this epistle to you, right? He said unto you of the common salvation. And when you talk about the common salvation, the old school call it the faith, right? It's not just what we believe, but it's a, 
is, is, is we walk according to what we believe. How we're walking is dictated by what we believe, and what we believe is indeed the word of God. So, so understand, being sanctified, being set apart, right, to honor God and to live according to his word here in this earth, right? This is the faith, right? It's not just what we believe, but faith was called the way, you know, how we will live, right, as Christians, right? So this is what Judas talked about. He said, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation and see salvation was a common thing back in those days right you know the believers were not ashamed to be saved right now you understand you got all everybody else is coming out of the closet and now Christians are actually going hiding in the closet you understand what I'm saying no 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 somebody need to lock the closet or somebody need to tear the closets down or remove them all together you understand what I'm saying as a believer as a Christian you can't go hiding away hiding your faith in uh, that you stand flat footed and firm and believing in the Lord Jesus Christ you can't be afraid to name your God because there were many people talk about they serve God but if you were to ask them who their God was you might be surprised at the answer that you might get as a Christian your God is supposed to be Jesus the Christ amen so he talks about it, it's the common salvation. It was needful. And I like that word right there. He said he's talking about it was needful. It was a necessity. Right. And when and when you think about this being a needful thing, he said it was a must that I write this. What I was going to write about was the salvation of the gospel. But I, I had to change what I was going to actually write by. So he said it was need for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith. So what I'm writing about, the purpose of this book to the believers those who have been sanctified and, and those that who are preserved in Jesus Christ I'm writing to let you know that you have to earnestly contend for the faith and when you talk about earnestly this is a serious matter you ha you have to have a mindset a state of mind of being serious right and when you talk about contend struggle wrestle or to fight you have to fight for the faith fight for what you believe in and fight for the way in which we're walking based upon the things that we believe in that is the word of God right so he said you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints and then he tells us for there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation right so he's telling you there were certain men who have crept in unaware meaning they, they they actually had an opportunity to sneak in you know look like us sound like us praise like us raise their hands like us dance like us some of them dance better than us some of us some of them can actually preach better than us but make no mistake about it the bible is letting us know there are men who have crept in unaware and it talks about who were before of old time ordained to this condemnation right so there was a condemnation that is going to be set upon them right but it's letting you know they were of old men of old right that have come in he said ungodly men look how the bible is describing them ungodly men but they listen for some of you they dress in, in three-piece suits uh, got on nice shoes you understand what i'm saying hair is done right uh head is lined right and all of these different things they're talking the right talk and that they're, they're, they're actually no one to raise their hand no one to say hallelujah no one to give god praise all of these things no one to say e-d-d-d-i-e -D -D -E. that spells eddie you know what i'm saying they know to do all of that right there but you got to understand they are ungodly men and the bible lets us know that they're turning the grace of our god into lasciviousness turning it into a lewd thing right so when you seeing all these people talk about well i got the grace of god it's not a lie god has given us grace but god has not given us grace uh, for us to actually go just do whatever we want when we want with whomever we want no when you go over to the book of Titus, he actually explains jesus in fact is grace and he talks about grace comes jesus comes to teach you how to live a godly life to put away the ungodly things oh yeah you need to go study that out right there it'll help you real good right but it's saying these ungodly men, they're turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He says, so I will therefore put you in remembrance, though you once knew this, how that the Lord have saved the people out of the land of Egypt afterward, destroyed them that believe, right? So understand, Jude gives us the purpose of the book in verses 1 through 4, right? Now, as we dive into verses 5 through 16, he gives us a 
description of what these false teachers are. These men who have actually crept in unaware. And the Bible has described them as false teachers, right? Where they're changing the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ into lasciviousness, right? That's a false teaching to make you believe or have you to, to believe or think that it's okay. That just because you got grace, uh, it is everything is going to be okay. Now, the Bible doesn't know grace is long suffering. Then it doesn't know that grace is always. Uh, uh, that's what you got to understand. And, and, and this is my thing. There was a point that grace comes to an end, right? There was a point that grace comes to an end. And like we said, Jesus Christ himself is grace, right? So I'm saying when Jesus presents himself as grace, he's teaching you how to live or come away from those ungodly things. You know, there were some people that just want to do what they want to do, when they want to do, with whom they want to do it with, right? And then they'll cry grace. I, I got grace. Thank God for the grace, right? Uh, they'll call themselves repentance and God, thank you for your grace and thank you for your mercy, God. And not only these different things while yet still doing ungodly deeds. No, no, no. And if any man or woman got you believing that that's okay or, or, or got you believing that that frame operating in that frame of mind that that's okay. No, you need to understand the Bible is considering and the Bible is calling them. The Bible is describing them as false teachers, right? So now, when you look at verses 5 through 7, right, it's showing us the actual past judgment that is going to come upon or that came upon the false teachers of old, right? And now you got false teachers that are rising up in our day and age, right? So the Bible tells us, I would therefore put you in remembrance. He's put you in remembrance, letting you know what that past judgment was right though you once knew this how that the lord having saved the people out of the land of egypt afterward destroyed them that believed and the angels which kept not their first estate but left their own habitation he have reserved an everlasting change under the darkness unto the judgment of the great day even as sodom and gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner giving themselves over to fornication right it says giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh are set forth one example suffering the vengeance of eternal fire so he's saying listen this this is what this past judgment was uh, upon these people that who were false teachers prior to right teach you that sexual immorality was okay teach you that you know what i'm saying this fornication and going after strange flesh was okay uh, 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 these angels who came down make you believe that it's okay it's not okay listen there was a judgment that has already come upon them right so he said listen even like sodom and gomorrah and those cities round about them as they were engaging in all these immoral acts and deeds he said listen they were set forth as an example the vengeance of eternal fire right so now when you look at verses 8 through 13 it gives us the characteristics of false teachers right so so 8 says likewise also these filthy dreamers uh, defile the flesh despise dominion and speak evil of dignities right so they speak evil of people who are in authority so he's giving you the characteristics of these false teachers. It says, he then tells us what, yet Michael, the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a real accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee, right? So he's telling us, this is how we just, listen, even how Michael dealt with Satan when he was contending or fighting for the dead body of Moses, right? Uh, 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 he simply said, the Lord rebuked thee. You understand what I'm saying? And that's how we have to deal with this stuff, right? The Lord rebuked thee. The Lord will bring about his correction, his punishment, his judgment. So it says, but these speak evil of those things which they know not. Still the characteristics of false teacher, but what they know naturally as brute beasts and those things, they corrupt themselves. And, and he's showing you some of these characteristics. They speak of things in an evil manner of the things that they know not of, have no understanding, no good understanding, no good sense about things. But yet they speak about it in an ignorant manner and they, they speak of it in an evil manner. Right. It says, but what they know naturally and we see what they know naturally, the things that they did, these natural deeds that they did, where they have information of these natural, immoral, immoral deeds and acts, right? He said, look, as brute beasts in those things, they corrupt themselves. So the things that they were actually doing, these natural acts and deeds that were very, very immoral, these same acts and deeds, these are the things that brought about corruption to them. So he then tells us, he said, woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perish in the gain sin of Kor. So again, giving us these characteristics of what these false teachers are, they have gone in the way of like Cain. And we know Cain, Cain 
was the murder, first murder in scripture, murdered his brother. And so think about as these men have crept unaware, men and women have crept unaware, had the ability to sneak in the church. What's happening, they're causing murder, bloodshed to in the realm of the spirit to actually take place as they're leading people astray with these false teaching and these false doctrines right it sounds good they have the ability to come out of the scriptures but make the scriptures be what is really not saying make it sound like what is really not saying make it fit their agenda make it fit their opinion now we don't have time to give you our opinion we're going to tell you what does saith the lord what does the word say right so understand, he tells us these are the spots in your feast of charity. So even when you come and you have feasts where you gather in love, these are the blemishes. These blemishes are the false teachers. And so he says what? When they feast with you, notice they'll come and they'll gather around the table, sit down with you, get comfortable. They'll eat the food that you prepare. But he said, but when they feast with you, right? He says, feeding themselves without fear clouds they are without water and when you think about clouds the very substance of clouds is the rainwater, right which which brings nourishment right to a dry scorched earth right the earth needs the rain that comes from the cloud so understand he's saying they are clouds that they are without water so the substance that they appear to have those words that they appear to have or the substance that's appear to be in their word is nothing right they're not able to produce the much needed rain the life-giving rain that comes from the clouds and he says listen they're carried about by winds notice you know winds and doctrines of devils and stuff right so anytime something changes and what appears to be in the kingdom of God a different doctrine comes up y'all know we had a doctrine of here at one point it was all about healing it was all about miracles then it was about prosperity and all the Pentecost all these different things right listen the book. I'm going to stay in the book. I'm going to stay in the book. Now we have this radical grace movement, this radical grace movement. So you see, they are cared about winds, just different winds blowing in. And you find people in pulpits, men and women, you know, moving as these different winds or these different doctrines blow in. Right. He said Then it also said trees whose fruit wither it trees because the bible lets us know you'll know them by the fruit that they bear so he's saying they fruit with it they might produce fruit at some point but the fruit dies it dies and this is without fruit whose fruit withered without fruit twice dead plucked up by the roots Oh, you better pay attention to the characteristics of the false teachers, right? He said, raging waves of the sea, foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever, right? And y'all know right now we got a bunch of stars in pulpits, you know what I mean? Like uh, preachers who are, are basically celebrities, right? Uh, famous because of the word they're preaching, right? I, I, I'm saying, listen, are they preaching about sin yeah are they preaching about the gospel the good news i'm talking about jesus his death his burial his resurrection are they teaching about water baptism and the spirit baptism are they teaching about communion holy communion being close to god you know what i'm saying partaking of his body and his blood are they teaching and preaching about these things right there right so listen it tells us Raging waves of the seas foaming out of their own shame, wandering stars to whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Got a place for you. Got a place for you better understand, giving us the characteristics of a false teacher, right? And so when we move down in verses 14 through 16, it now gives us the future judgment of the false teachers, right? It says, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints. Oh, you better be careful when he comes. You got to understand that he's coming with ten thousands of his saints. You got to understand he's the Lord of hosts. Uh, he's the man of war. He's all always victorious he would never lose a battle you got to understand and the bible tells us in verse 16 15 to do what to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds uh, which they have ungodly committed do you see what he's saying i'm to execute judgment upon all and to convince all that are ungodly oh uh, see ungodly one time right uh, all that are ungodly among them that are all their ungodly deeds, their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed. And of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. 
Oh, I don't want to be found in that number right there. I don't want anything to do with that verse right there. You need to understand, Lord, keep me, keep me near the cross, God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He says, these are the murmur. Oh, Lord, have mercy. This is who he's coming to execute judgment on. He's coming to execute judgment on false teacher, right? He's, he's, these, 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 these future judgments that are going to be executed upon these false teachers these are murmurers lord have mercy lord if i murmur i repent in your name god these are the complaint lord if i complain i repent jesus walking after their own lust do you know somebody and can you relate uh uh james tells us we're enticed by our own inward lust you got to understand lord help us when that inward lust is trying to seduce us entice us god to move outside of your will god to come away from your word god to come away from the principles of your bible lord god it says listen walking after their own lust and their mouth speaketh great swelling words who do you know somebody and can you relay uh you big and bad with your speech you know you understand what i'm saying and then it talks about having men's persons in admiration because of advantage well you have the admiration of people because think about it, this what you've been able to do operating as a false teacher has given you somewhat of an advantage. Lord, have mercy, help us, Jesus. And, and, and you have got admiration of people. Oh, but he's telling you these are the future judgments of the false teachers, right? And then when we drop down to verses 17 through 23, this is the defense. Jude explains how you defend against false teachers. He says, but beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. He says, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who shall walk after their own ungodly lusts. Have you seen it? If you haven't seen it, open your eyes. Have you heard it? If you haven't opened your ears that you can see and that you can hear what's happening all around you. If you cannot ask God to sharpen your discernment, that you're able to discern beyond what it is that they're speaking, beyond what it is that they're doing. I need to see the spirit that is in operation, God. He says, well, these be they who separate themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Separate themselves. Listen, you better watch those who separate themselves from you. If you know you sanctified, I'm talking about showing up sanctified according to the Bible. God set you apart. God cleaned you up. You understand? He told you to come out from among the unclean thing and touch not that thing. Right. Listen, if you know that you are that sanctified one and people start separating from you. Yeah, you better watch it. Just might be false. They just might be false. These be they who separate themselves. And it says they are sensual. Hmm. Having not the spirit. Talking about the spirit of God. Now, sensual. You, you know what I'm saying? Heightened awareness in their senses. You know what I mean? Like, 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 when you think about even that sensual as it pertains to that sexual orientation, things of that nature right there. But they have not the spirit. I want to go back to, you know what I'm saying, having that heightened sense of awareness through the senses. Everything is based on what they feel. Not governed or being led by the spirit. He then tells us, but ye beloved, building up yourselves, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. So you got to pray in the Holy Ghost so that you can build yourself up in your most holy faith. Because you know what I found out when you pray in the Holy Ghost and, and, and for those who may not speak in their prayer language, when we're simply saying when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying what the Holy Ghost leads you to pray. And what I found out, the Holy Ghost is going to pray heaven's agenda. The Holy Ghost is going to lead you to pray the word of God. Right. And, and even when I pray in my prayer language, though I may not understand what it is that I'm actually saying, what I do understand, if I'm being led of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is not going to go against uh, the principles of the Bible. He's not going to go against the agenda of heaven. He's not going to go against God's word. This is praying in the Holy Ghost so that you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. He then tells you, keep yourselves in the love of God. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Now we know God loves you. 
And this is irregardless of you, you, you sin or not. God's love for you is never going to change. He's going to always love you, whether you choose him or not. But when we say God's love, it's not just limited from the love that's coming from God. You experience God's love through God's people. You understand what I'm saying? Because that's the first commandment to love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, body, strength or soul strength. Right. And he said the second one is like unto the first to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So we experience not just the love of God from God himself, but we also experience the love of God by way of the people of God. So he said, keep yourselves in the love of God. Right. Keep yourselves in the love of God, meaning keep yourself in the love of God that comes from God through his word, but also keep yourself in the company of the people of God. Because, again, God's love comes by way of his people. He said, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And he says, and of some have compassion, making a difference. You got to have compassion. Having compassion is going to make a difference. Right. It's going to make a difference. And he says, and of others, save with fear. Right. So, we, we, sometimes we're going to have to preach hell and brimstone and fire. That may be the very thing that's going to cause you to be saved because there is a fear of you actually being in eternal judgment in the lake of fire. He said, pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garments spotted by the flesh. You got to hate it when you see that sinners, you come in contact with sinners. Listen, although they're sinners, what you need to recognize is they're spotted. Their flesh is spotted because of the corruption of the sin that they live according to. He said, you got to hate that. You got to hate that. Then when we come to our, our, our actual scriptures for the message, right? Verses 24 and 25. This is what's known as the doxology of Jude, right? And when we say doxology, right? It's a word that is simply defined as a hymn or a psalm of praise to God. Oh, see, and we're talking about the faces of praise. And we said, amen, it's a de declarative statement declaring the church, the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the chosen ones. They ought to say when we say say, we're talking about you need to speak, you need to proclaim, you need to herald out, you need to pronounce and you need to declare. When you say amen. When you say the word. Amen. This this is this is what we're actually talking about. Right. Amen. is typically used at the beginning of a discourse or amen is actually said at the end of a discourse. Right. You know, when, when, when it was custom that when they would speak in the synagogues, when they would come to give the discourse of the of the reading of the scriptures and things like that, people would sometimes say amen before the reading or if they didn't say beforehand, they would make sure to say amen after the discourse that came. Right. Saying amen. And what this is simply saying is uh, 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 I come in agreement with this. Right. It, it's, it's saying I come in agreement of, of the substance of what was actually being said or the substance of what was being spoken from the word of God. Right. Not only that, when you say amen, we're not just saying I agree to this. Right. Remember, amen is a declarative statement. I, 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 I'm declaring that I agree. I'm declaring that there was substance that came from the word of God. Right. But amen also means trustworthy. Right. So whenever they heard the word of God or as they were preparing to hear the word of God, somebody would hear about like, amen. Mm. What they were saying is before we get into the word of God, it's trustworthy. I can trust uh, what I'm about to hear. Uh, I can trust what is about to enter into my ear gates. I can trust what I'm about to be taught. I can trust what is about to be preached to me because it is the word of God. The inerrant, the infallible word of God, the awesome living word of God is trustworthy. I can trust uh, what the Lord is actually speaking through his manservant, through his woman servant, right? And then there were times when, when when they're bringing it to a close right they'll say amen because what they heard i can walk away saying i can trust that right there whatever instruction god gave uh, uh, that vessel i can trust it i can go and make application understanding that i will have good success 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is what we're saying. When we say let the church say amen, we're saying, come on, church. You ecclesia, you called out ones, you chosen ones. I'm saying you got to speak. You got to proclaim. You got to have a lot. You got to pronounce. You have got to declare. Amen. When you say amen, you're saying, no, I agree. You're saying I, I, I can trust the word of God. You're saying the word of God, it is trustworthy. This is the doxology. This is our praise. When we come to the closing of this book of Jew, this is us. Come on. Because we told you this is the last installment of the faces of praise. Right. So 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 let me remind you when we talked about encounter. Right. Encounter was actually defined as this right here. Definition number one to meet as an adversary or enemy to engage in conflict. Do you see it? Do you see it? Right. When we're talking about these false teachers. Right. An adversary of the kingdom of God, an adversary of the purpose and the will of God. Right. And he told us the characteristics and what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to defend this gospel or defend against the false teachers. Encounter also is defined as to come upon face to face of uh, uh, denoting a pleasant meeting right also defined as to come upon or experience especially unexpectedly uh, right encounter difficulties to meet especially by chance and if you keep living if you live long enough by chance you might actually meet a false teacher will you be able to discern the fruit to know whether it's a false teacher or someone that was truly sent by God. Oh, so you got to be mindful of who you encounter on your day to day. Uh, see, you can't just be shaking hands with folk, lollygagging and not discerning people. Oh, no, you got to pay attention to who's around you, who's in your environment. You got to pay attention to the environment or the atmosphere that you just walked in, that you're moving in. You got to understand you don't know what has been operating before you got there. You don't know what spirit was in operation before you got there. You have got to be discerning men of God, woman of God. Because you don't know who the enemy has sent on assignment to encounter you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Help us. Come on. That's a good place to say. Let the church say amen. You ought to say amen that you agree. And that's trustworthy. What I'm telling you, you got to understand. Right. So now it says now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. When you look at this three letter word now, it simply means at this point present time right now uh this current time right now this morning right now god is able to keep you from falling right and as we press on through the scriptures right when we look at this four letter word oh see you ought to study some four letter words right this four letter word described or known as able it simply says what power of one's own ability denoting that god has the ability of him own self his own self right he he, he doesn't have to go and seek out power from over here or seek out power from over there he possesses the power within himself right the power to keep you from falling is what the scripture tells us right and listen when we say keep you he's saying listen I got the power because I'm able to keep you. When he said keep you, he said to keep you from being snatched away. Huh. Do you know somebody and can you relate? There are things that are trying to snatch you away. You got to understand your attention is the new currency nowadays, right? Look at how people are vying for your attention on social media, right? This is how they're making a living, right? Offer your attention, right? Snatching you away from the things of God, right? God no longer has your attention. Your eyes are no longer fixed on God. And because your eyes are no longer fixed on God we know your heart is no longer fixed on God see some of you have got to turn back you have got to redirect yourself back into you know where your eyes are fixed on God where your heart is back fixed on God where God has your attention right so many things are trying to snatch you away from God if you know you know I'm telling the truth there are people and there are things that are trying to snatch you away from the things of God think about all your desires oh yeah oh yeah think about the things you want right uh, listen you can think about these things and it's, it's snatching you away from spending time with God it's snatching you away from digging into your word studying to show yourself approve as a workman rightly dividing the word of truth it's trying to snatch you away from being intimate with God from being in close proximity to God drawing nigh to God getting Getting close to God. Things and people are trying to snatch you away. 
But then he also says, I have the power to guard you from being lost or perishing, right? Thanks be unto God that God can guard you. Because how many times you done let your guard down, right? Yeah, and things have slipped in, right? You didn't listen, you didn't put on the helmet of salvation every day, right? And some ungodly thought it snuck in, it crept in your mind, unaware, just like these false teachers have crept in, unaware into the kingdom of God, into churches, right? That's how some of these ungodly thoughts have crept in, right? Think about some images that you capture with your, you know, your mobile cameras, things called eyes, right? Some images that you have captured, right? And you let your guard down, right? You saw it in your peripheral. Your peripheral is a warning mechanism that God built in on the inside, right? Oh, you heard the sound of the hills approaching. Listen, your nose, with your nose, you got a whiff of the perfume coming your way. You got a whiff of the cologne coming your way. And then, well, out of all of that, listen, you still let your peripheral fail you, and you just look, and you kept on looking as they walked on by. Listen, he said, I got the power to guard you from being lost because you can get lost in that moment come on tell somebody there's been some days i got lost in the moment where i let my eyes wander there's been some days i got lost in the moment where i let my mind to wander there's been some days i got lost in the moment where my emotions got the best of me i was allowing myself to be governed by my emotions and not be governed and led by the holy ghost right oh but thanks be unto god he got the power to guard you from being lost uh, or perishing now it might not always be a literal physical death but but think about it for some of us We've been at a place where our spirit man was dying because you were not feeding your spirit man the word of God, right? You were busy all day, all throughout the day. You was munching on something. You wanted a snack at 10 o'clock and you wanted another snack at 1130 and 12 o'clock come around. You tell me it's lunchtime. You wanted to take an early break. Three o'clock rolling around. You talking about I need another snack. I need to go get a juice drink. Drink some water. You need to get some water. Water to no spirit. Put some spirit in your body. Feed your spirit the word of God, right? We can tell your spirit man is malnourished, right? Listen, you got to understand as much as you put into your physical body, you should be putting that much more, double more into your spirit man, right? Because some of you, your spirit man, it is perishing and you don't even realize. But he's saying, I got the power to guard you from being lost or perishing. Thanks be unto God. You ought to let God go ahead and be praised, right? That he got the power to stop you from dying in your spirit man. Hallelujah. I bless the name of the most high God. Listen, he says, now unto him that is able to keep you from falling to keep you from falling falling and the greek is telling us what what he can keep you he got the power right he has the power to keep you from falling meaning you don't have to stumble right and he's also saying this falling is also meaning to keep you from sin falling into sin <laughs> uh, uh you understand what i'm saying do you know somebody can you l let me tell you something see i fell into sin when when god told me to do something and i forgot to do it i fell into sin in other words the sin that i fell into i fell into rebellion oh y'all not gonna help me right there my own forgetfulness caused me to fall into a place of sin called rebellion because i fell to remember to do what god told me to do right so he's saying but i got the power to keep you from stumbling or the power to keep you from actually falling in sin will you allow god see this is the thing will you allow god to actually utilize his power to keep you from falling the truth is some of us we like to fall because we like where we fall at uh, you understand some of you like the fact that you're able to fall into some man's arms oh you're not gonna talk about that right there some of y'all like the fact that you're able to fall into somebody dms and pms and all of that stuff right there you feel that somebody thought process on today you like it because uh, they sending you little cute text messages all throughout the day to let you know that they're thinking about you to let you know that you smell good that you look good they like your outfit and all of these different things but god has the power to keep you from falling you got to understand see listen you messing somebody thought process up god is not on their mind because they're thinking about you and the truth be told, some of you, you love it. You love it. You love it. Some of the places that you fall. I used to love being on somebody's mind. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. See, 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 for those people who are struggling with low self-esteem and low self-worth, oh, it makes you feel real, real good when somebody compliments you. See, a compliment is an indication. It's evidence that you were thinking about me. Even if your fault lasted only 10 seconds, you thought about me. Oh, um, and guess what? Your 10 seconds of thinking about me it just made my day and you don't understand now i'm going home uh, all i'm doing is thinking about you uh, i done picked up a little dandelion out the yard and, and i'm plucking it she loves me she loves me now uh, hoping that this gonna fall on she love me oh you better help somebody 
Now, y'all know I'm talking real. You know you've done that before when you was enamored with somebody, when you were infatuated with somebody. You just wanted to know, am I the number one? Am I the only one? You just wanted to know, did you matter to them? You just wanted to know, ah, throughout the your course of your day, have I ran across your mind at any point in your day? Did you think about me? If you like me, you'll say, did you miss me? Uh, you understand what I'm saying? I just want to know, am I interesting enough that you would think about me at least 10 seconds in your 24 hours? And to know that you thought about it made me feel real, real good. I wish I had some help right about that. Thank you for your golf class. But I wish I had some help right about that. He has the power to keep you from falling into sin, falling in the wrong places too. He then says what? And to present you, to present you, to bring you forward, to give you. Or, or he said, listen, to present you faultless. See, going back to the power, he has the power to keep you. And after keeping you, he said, now I can present you. I got the power to keep you, to be able to present you faultless. And that's without blemish. So, you know, uh, every now and then, you know, come on, talk to the women. When you, when you take off your mascara, but when you take off your foundation, we see the real you. But but listen, women, I ain't coming for you. Listen, as men, we wear makeup some days too. There was something. Cause see, makeup, all it is is we're making up for what we don't have or making up for what we think we should have or making up for what we want to have, right? Listen, as men, we got some blemishes in our faces and things like that there, right? And so for those of us, listen, we wear makeup too. You, you, you just don't see it. how makeup is different from your makeup. But know it. We wear makeup too. But when you take off the mascara, when you take off your foundation, when you take off your blush, and when you take off your eyeliner, your lip liner, and, we, and when, you, when you go and wipe away your eyebrow, your eyebrow is bald here. You <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm just saying, God, listen. He said, listen, with all of that, I still can present. I got the power to present you faultless without blemish. What you see as a blemish, God sees, I see my likeness i see my image uh, see what you still trying to change or or desiring to change wishing you can't change god said oh i like it because it was fearfully and wonderfully made because it was made in my own image and likeness you got to understand he has the power to present you without blemish or without blame what am i saying see there were times where you know you've actually been listen the result of somebody they said listen this happened because he did it. This wouldn't happen if she did it. In other words, they're placing blame upon you. You know, somebody can't you relate well, folk will blame you for stuff. And I'm saying you, and some days I'll be trying to figure out now, how is that my fault? How? See, 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 if 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 you if you if you wouldn't have turned the alarm clock off, I wouldn't have missed five o'clock Huh? I got up. If you don't remember me tapping you, telling you to get up, you decided to sleep in and not talk to God. And now that you're fully awake and God is dealing with you, you want to say, well, why you ain't wake me up? Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't. I, I'm not to blame for that. Oh, no. That's all you. I tried to assist you and you ignored my assistant because sleep was more important than you talking to God. Uh, no, 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 no. But see, God is saying, listen, I got the power to present you faultless without blemish and without blame. I got the power to keep you from coming underneath or falling underneath the blame of somebody else, of somebody else saying it's your fault. Do you know somebody, can you relate, where somebody blamed you for their broken heart? Somebody bring you for the blame you for their broken mindset. They don't even think right no more. They can't even feel right no more. Some of the decisions that they're making, they blame you. Well, if you wouldn't have did what you did some six years ago, some ten years ago, my life would have been different. Have you experienced that? But somebody said, listen, if I would have never met you, we would have never dated. My life would have been different. But he said, I got the power to keep you from being blemished and falling underneath of the blame of someone else trying to make it be your fault. So he says to keep you faultless. So now look at this. He said and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory. Last installment of Encounter Faces of Praise. 
to present you faultless, right? And he says, what? To present you faultless before the presence of his glory. Presence is defined as before the face of or directly in front of. Simply put, encounter. <laughs> That's all God is saying. Listen, he said, listen, and to present you faultless and bring you before my face to have an encounter. I got the power. He said, I got the power to keep you from falling because if you fall into sin, if you be, be actually become faultless, meaning you have blemish or you actually have worthy blame to bestow upon you, then you can't have no face to face meeting with God. You cannot encounter God. In other words, it would not be that pleasant encounter, that pleasant face to face meeting. It would be as if God is actually encountering you as his adversary. Oh, and that's not what you do not want to fall into the hands of an angry God. Tell somebody, no, I'm so grateful that he's slow to anger and slow the wrath. Oh, let God be praised right there because there have been many days I done messed this thing up on purpose. I, I intentionally did some stuff and, and I know I should have had the judgment of God come upon my life. But thanks be unto God that he's slow to anger and he's slow to wrath. I'm talking about he has given you time to get it right. You're making the same mistake in the same error over and over intentionally doing the same thing but listen he's been slow to anger and he's been slow to wrath and, and remember his mercy has been brand new every day he's extended grace to you he's given you truth that you, you can know the truth and that the truth can make you free some days you didn't want to receive that truth because you'd rather be bound than actually be free you understand but thanks be unto God that he loved you enough to keep sending truth keep extending mercy keep extending grace your way I would rather encounter God with a cordial, pleasant face-to-face -face meeting. I'm talking about him keeping me from falling, having the power to keep me from stumble, having the power to keep me from stumbling, having the power to keep me from falling into sin or falling into the wrong places. And because of this power, he can present you faultless without blemish or without blame. He said, and I can do this. I got the power to, to present you without blame or blemish and bring you before my presence or bring you to the point where you can encounter me. And look what he said, to bring you in the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. So he's saying, listen, when I bring you, when I utilize my power to allow you to encounter me, so that you will come into the presence of my glory, I'm going to do it with exceeding joy. <laughs> do you hear what I'm saying? Listen, folk, happiness is, the, is, is, is dependent upon what's happening in the moment, but joy? <laughs> this is something that comes from God. It's not based upon what's happening. This joy that I have, it comes from the Lord. Circumstances can't change. The scenarios can't change it. When I'm up, when I'm down, can't change it. When things are good, when they're bad, cannot change it. When things are lovely or unlovely, cannot change it. And he said, listen, I want you to encounter me to come into the presence of my glory. And I want to bring you before me with exceeding joy. Now, when you think about the glory of God, the glory of God, uh, think about it, especially from a Hebrew perspective or understanding, right? Uh, it, it's this kabod, right? Talks about this honor, talking about this honor or the reputation of God or it's talking about the weight of God's presence, right? Uh, think about someone like an actor or an actress, uh, a, a, a very acclaimed actor or actress, right? And you think about the many accolades that have been bestowed upon them because uh, from all of their peers in, 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 in the Hollywood setting, right? Uh, uh, this gives them their reputation, all of the things that they have actually achieved in this, in this particular entertainment industry, right? So this is why where their honor, their prestige, and their reputation actually comes from, right? But when you think about God, <laughs> he, he had to, 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 achieve nothing because the bible lets us know when you look at the word name in the hebrew understanding name speaks to reputation name lets us understand what you are known for name destroys the chaos around you 
right? So if there's any chaos, any misunderstandings about God, all you got to do is go to his name. And so when we talk about the glory of who God is, right, this honor, this reputation or the weight of his presence, right, is found in his name. The reputation of who he is. He didn't have to achieve anything to be deliverer. You got to understand he didn't have to deliver nobody and he would still be deliverer. <laughs> he didn't have to save anybody and he would still be savior. See, we're talking about the weight of who he is. See, his reputation is not based upon what somebody else think about him. No, it's because God just is, right? And that's why he has the glory or the weight that's pertaining to the glory of who he is, right? Because he just is. It's found in his reputation. His reputation which speaks to his name. He just is. He's the I am that I am. He's the great I am. He's the king of glory. He's the sovereign ruler. He's Adonai. He's Emet Elohim. Emet the faithful and true God. He just is that, right? He needs nobody to come in agreement because, listen, the scripture lets us know when he can find nobody to swear by, he swore by his own name. He said, listen, ain't nobody worthy to, 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 for, for, to swear on this thing that I'm saying, but myself, I come in agreement with myself. Yeah, I am that I am. And you got to understand the weight of who he is, is it's wrapped up and tied up in the reputation of who God is, which is his name. So when you think about or speak the name of God, that's the weight of God. Now, you want to understand if we were to give you something to think about, right? Again, when you think about the many achievements or the many awards received by a, a prominent actor or actress, right? So if they got, what, three Oscars or Golden Gear, whatever those different awards are, right? It, it bolsters their reputation even the more, right? So when you think about God, his reputation, his honor, the weight of who he is is housed in his name. <laughs> oh, we we at five o'clock prayer have been studying the names of God and I've come across over 600 different names of God. If God's name was like uh, an Oscar. You, you, you got to understand, like when you think about some of these people who, 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 who they deem as a prominent one, a prominent figure in the entertainment industry is based upon all the accolades and the achievements that they've actually acquired. The so-called awards. If God's names were awards, I came over across over 600 thus far. This is why we say nobody compares to him. If indeed his name denotes the weight of who he is, the weight of his glory, his reputation, his honor. I've come across over 600. Oh, this is a weighty God. <laughs> and, and, and you got to understand what abides in his name. It speaks to the nature of who God is. It speaks to the character of who God is when you speak his name. So this is why we're talking about the weight or the glory of God. And see, that's why there are no other gods before him, no other gods beside him. No, no he's the only God. Oh, I see, see, see. And he tells us, see, he, he goes right into it. Jude goes right into it in verse number 25. He says, to the only wise God. God uh, and we sing a song to the only wise God in heaven <laughs> oh you ought to let God be praised right there to the only wise God to the only God that is in heaven and the scriptures declaring that he is savior be glory and majesty and dominion and power both now and forever and let the church say amen because he's the only God that is in heaven matter of fact the scripture says he's the only wise God uh, he's the only omnipotent God the only omniscient God the only 
omnipresent God, the only sovereign God that has all authority and power in his name, the only God that is able to create a heaven and an earth, the only God that is able to reach down in the muck and mire clay and has enough power to reach you where you are and pull you out, wash and cleanse you with his blood, raise you up from a mess and put a message in your mouth and call you somebody, meaning call you his very own, saying that's my son, that's my daughter in whom I'm well pleased and you got to understand well put his name upon you put his reputation upon you allow his anointing to be smeared on your forehead and give you power that you can cast out devils oh yes give you power to declare this gospel with authority and with power to the only wise God that's who I'm talking about the only God that is in heaven his name there is effectiveness in his name when you call on the name we understand that there is power in that name there is authority in that name that name where demons tremble at that name that name where the sick can be made healed and it's effectiveness in that name you ought to call on that name of the only God that is in heaven to the only wise God our Savior oh I bless the name of the most high God I feel that thing on Savior you got to understand from all the things that he has saved you from oh you ought to let God be praised on oh, he, he didn't just save you when you got saved in 1996 he didn't just save him when you got saved in 2001 he didn't just save him when you got baptized in 2008 listen he's still saving you today because every time a temptation come listen because he's provided a way of escape that's him saving you oh I bless his wonderful name to the only wise God he's wise enough to give you a way of escape from every temptation that comes right because he understand there were some temptations that you like but he said no my daughter no my my son listen I provided a way of, I know you like it but it's not good for you take the way of escape I'm trying to save you to the only wise God our God our God our God no other God the only God that is in heaven our Savior he says be glory here come this word again here come this word again be honor when we say glory we're saying be honor and be reputation we're talking about the weight that is found in the reputation of your name your nature and your character God oh you get all the glory God somebody ought to say God I give you the glory God oh God I give you all the glory God my glory I take it and I lay it at your feet God I give you all the glory God the authority that you've given unto me God I take it and lay it at your feet I'm giving you the glory God I want you to know that you are Lord God I want you to know that you are King I want you to know that you are God not just God but you're my God you're my God you're my God to the only wise God my Savior get the glory God huh they don't say that in church no more get the glory God they don't say speak Lord in church no more they don't say oh, holy father they don't say that no more but I still believe in holiness and I still believe in righteousness I still believe that God is worthy of the glory worthy of the honor and so worthy of the praise not only that but he's worthy of your adoration he's worthy of your admiration he's worthy for you to lay down and call on his name get the glory God he said to the only wise God our Savior be glory and then he says majesty I like this word. When I did a study on this word, this magic speaks to the splendor of God. It speaks to the to, to the greatness of God. But it also, as I dug a little bit deeper, this is where we start getting this effectiveness. <laughs> it talks about the effectiveness of God. Oh, see, when you tried it, you were ineffective you couldn't do it oh but you ought to let God try give God a try and the effectiveness that is in his name huh? you got to understand God shall succeed where you were unsuccessful God shall succeed uh, where you fail listen God will stand where you lost God will be victorious you got to give God a try our only wise God Savior who has all the glory and majesty not just the splendor not just the greatness but he has the effect and then the scripture tells us that he, he has dominion, right? Dominion is speaking to his strength, his might and, and, and power. Dominion speaking to his strength and might and power. So we know he has all power. He's the almighty God. He, he's, he's the almighty God. There is none whose strength compares to our God. 
right? When you think about his strength in the sense of his abilities, or you think about his strength in the strength of his intellect, he's an all-knowing God. There's none that can outthink him. There's none that can overpower him. You got to understand, this is the God that we're trying to describe to you. He's effective. He says, not only uh, to the only wise God, I be glory, majesty, and domain. He says, but also power, right? And when you think about power, I, I, I like this. It's, 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 it's talking about the power of authority <laughs> or, or the power of choice, right? And I like that God gives us free will. That's the most powerful thing, the ability to make a decision or choice. That's the most powerful thing that God has given us separate and apart from his spirit and his word, free will or choice. But do you understand he has the power of choice himself? Oh, see, sometimes you just got to let God choose it. Mm. And the power that is in the choice that comes from God. Mm. What am I saying? I could have chose any woman to be my wife. <laughs> but I'm so glad that God chose my wife. See, the power that's wrapped up in the power of God's choice. Uh, see, I could have chose what I wanted, but the power of God's choice was what I needed. Uh, I'm so glad that he's the only wise God because see what I wanted probably wouldn't be beside me if we had to endure all of the things that we've had to do thus far in my life. But because he's an all-knowing God, because he's an all-powerful God and has the power of choice, he chose what I needed. Somebody that had my back, somebody that was able to stand flat-footed in the good times and the bad times, and in the ugly times as well as in the beautiful times. Listen, they were not here because of no money. They were not even here because of my looks or whatever they were here because they were God's choice she was here because it is the will of God it is the purpose of God and I'm so glad that she has a mindset and a heart set on fulfilling God's will that's why I'm here that's why I allowed you to find me because guess what I just doubled your grace oh I'm so glad about that right there I just doubled your favor as well I'm so glad about that right there and see think about it the power of God's choice he know how much I was gonna need some extra favor in my life oh I'm trying to show you right now why he has the power not just the power of choice but the power of authority God has the power of authority and understand think about it look at this example a police officer their gun is their actual power but their badge is their authority the badge gives them the legal right to use the gun in the appropriate situation. Take away the badge, you take away the authority. You just got to thug with a gun. The badge gives them the authority to use the power of the gun. Notice when we say God has dominion and power, dominion is speaking to the strength and might of God, whereas power is speaking to the choice, the power of a choice and the power of authority. God has both a power and authority. Matter of fact, God himself is the actual authority. God doesn't need the perm from permission from anyone or God doesn't need anyone covering him. Because guess what? The police academy or the police force, which, which, which is, is by law a part of our uh, 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 officials within our city helping to maintain law and order, they have legal right according to our law to do certain things. God doesn't need anyone giving him permission. He gives himself the legal right to do what he desires to do. This is the power of choice, and this is the power of authority. And we're saying this is the only wise God. Notice what Jude is saying to those of us that have been sanctified, preserved in Jesus Christ. I'm talking about preserved. Jesus has been keeping you. Not only has he sanctified, but he's been keeping you on the days that you didn't want to. Oh, I'm going to go ahead and raise my hand on the days that I didn't want to be kept. God was still keeping me. You know why? Because Jude says he's our God. And he's our savior. Our God and our Savior, to him be glory, be majesty, be dominion, and power. 
Here's that three-letter word again. Both now and another four-letter word, ever. Right now at this present time, be all glory, majesty, dominion, and power. And in the time to come, future glory, majesty, dominion, and power still belongs to God. And let the church say, amen. What are we saying? This is a declarative, meaning you declare that what you just read to the only wise God, our Savior be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. I agree. You are, when you say amen, you are declaring, I agree. When you say amen, you are declaring this is trustworthy. I can trust what Jude has written. God would never be without glory. God would never be without majesty. Our God would never be without dominion. He would never be without power. It will always belong to God. That the church say, amen. You ought to allow yourself to declare, amen. I agree. I can trust what Jude has written. So you ought to go ahead and let God be praised. This is the last installment of the faces of praise and where we're getting ready to move in and counter the faces of worship. I can't wait because yeah, that's my thing, y'all. That worship is my thing. Oh, I'm excited about what God is going to speak to us when we get to that portion of the sermon series encounter. Remember. This is the year that God told us that he is going to allow us to encounter him. As well as encounter his word. Don't forget camels are on coming. The camels are still coming. They're still coming. Bringing provision. Bringing help. Bringing assistance. They're still coming. It's the word of the Lord. So listen, I pray where you find yourself today, this moment, that you have been able to encounter God through prayer. You have been able to encounter God through praise. We're coming up on the worship portion because prayer is symbolic of the gates. Praise symbolic of the courts. Worship denotes going into the most holy place, the presence of God. Can't come any kind of way. So I pray you've been taking time to pray. Talk to God. Clean yourself up in prayer. Pray the word of God. Praise God for what you prayed in his word. Because I believe it. That is preparing you, getting you ready to come into the presence of God, to encounter God. Thanks for tuning in and please make sure to visit us at churchatphila.com for more podcasts and ways to connect with us on social to like, subscribe, follow, and share content as it comes along. Special thanks to those who give in so many ways to this ministry. We could not do any of this without you. And if you want to give or be a part, visit churchatphila.com forward slash give for more information. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.